Hello and welcome to The Witch Source and thank you for joining me. Here today I get to interview David Wood, uh, who is the IPMA Best Male Artist of 2023 this year. Um, he just won that award and I'm excited to interview him. And David has been in the music industry for uh, about 30 years, 30 plus years. So um, I am ex super excited to see what he has to say, and he's also a magical practice practitioner, so we're going to get to learn a little bit about that, and yeah, I'm going to jump right on in. So welcome, David. Hi, how are you? Great. I'm great. Um, thank you for being here, and so let's get started. <laughs> what... Uh, would you say was your uh, first interactions and love for music? And when did you decide, like, this is for me, I'm doing this? Oh, wow. Music in general, not just pagan music, but music. Right. In, I, I, since I could walk, probably I danced and always sang to the radio, things like that. I always thought that well, my father was a DJ way back when and yeah. it brought me a microphone home that was damaged or whatever but it was like oh you know i always thought everybody that i heard on the radio was actually in the building with my father and i was just like take me i want to see him <laughs> which wasn't the case but you know i was always excited wanted to be on stage all that since i was a very very young little man <laughs> I used to get on top of the coffee table and sing for everybody. Sit down, watch my show. Yeah, <laughs> I did. That, that is amazing. And that is so awesome. And it's so funny because my uh, three and a half year old little girl actually just started doing that this there week. You There's your next uh, Madonna or Taylor Swift or whoever. <laughs> I need to get her a microphone. That's the one thing I haven't given her. So mm -hmm. they make toys. Yep. Because well, it, it means everything in the world. It really does. I can they, tell you. They they do. And uh, yeah, I definitely need to get her one of those. But that's so interesting that your dad was a DJ. So that's almost like a unique introduction into music. So it's just always kind of been a part of your life since you were born you're right that's that's really cool actually did you ever get to do any like really awesome uh events or anything like that with him not with him but my partner uh my first partner ever was uh a dj at the local town i was from <laughs> i don't know and then i became one for a little while a very short run and then you know that's not what I wanted to do, but, you know, so it's pretty weird. I always flock to people with, you know, that, that talent to them or what have you. So that's really cool. Uh, and it makes sense to me. So you were a DJ for a little bit. Fabulous. And when did <laughs> I ran programming more than I was an actual DJ? So, but I wanted to get my, fingers in the pie, you know, and start playing with the buttons and everything. So there you go. So at what point were you like, yeah, this is not for me. I want to be the one making the music that's being played. 
it was probably around 1987 when I graduated high school. But, it, you know, those feelings were with me much longer than, you know, that. But once I graduated, it was like, I'm leaving. Bye-bye, right. little town, you know. <laughs> so, and uh, I ended up here in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, looking for a manager and everything. And, ooh, it's a long story. I did get launched into a lot of mainstream music opportunities and stuff. But you've heard the Me Too movement and the horror stories and things, and a lot of that happened to me as well. So I won't go into all that or drag, you know, my Woody's and everybody on your show that wants to listen about it. Uh, but uh, it's, it's it's painful, but it's gone now. It's over. And uh, so I didn't quite make it in the mainstream world the way I wanted to. But I was pagan as well. And I just thought, I don't hear a lot of things about pagan music or, you know, music from witches or what have you. This was like way early 90s. So yeah. making that kind of music as well. And you'll always hear on one of my CDs or streams or what have you, I'll go back and forth. I'll go between, you know, the, the, the Wiccan witchcraft song and, you know, mainstream. You'll hear both on one CD or what have you. Because, you know, I'm pagan. It's still pagan music, <laughs> you know? And I still have that love for mainstream music, club dance music. I was in a lot of clubs, dance clubs, performing and stuff. So, oh, awesome! But you know, <laughs> I did do a lot of stuff that a lot of people didn't get to do. So, and that a lot of people told me I would never do. So, I think I've done pretty good for myself. <laughs> I I would definitely say so. Um, okay, so let's let's deep dive into when did you fall in love with the craft and decide that paganism was for you? What was your introduction into witchcraft and magic? That, right around 1987 as well. <laughs> Everything oh, oh. happened at once. Um, I had gone to a bigger city in Kentucky where I was originally from and went to a Walden Books and was looking around. And I saw that, I think it was Scott Cunningham, something like that, just pretty much might as well have felt fallen and hit me in the head or whatever, because I glanced and I went. And then I noticed all the other witchcraft books and stuff beside of it and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, yeah, this is real. <laughs> you know, and I started learning. Oh my God, this is real. Because when I was a boy, I would go hide in the closet. No, no jokes there. But I would go <laughs> hide in the closet and think I was in some magical world. Oh, cool. Yeah. So 1987 was when I ended up doing a high, high school term paper on witchcraft. And in that small town, they wanted, I guess they were expecting some big satanic thing, you know. Right. Which isn't what I wrote about. I was like, this is real. This is here and it's happening. And I was stuck ever since. So we go from 1987 and I was solitary, I guess, at that time. That's when all the big solitary movement was going, you know, started and started going. 
And uh, actually, it was Alexander's that started, you know, bringing people on board and stuff like that. But 1997, I met Silver Raven Wolf, and I gave her a few of my CDs, like when I had a book signing, and I was just like, "Here, you might like my stuff, whatever, like that." And I did to go to dinner, and. Uh, one of my friends that was with me, uh, a lady friend of mine, uh, was sitting there at dinner and everything like that. And she's like, I've always wanted to be Black Forest. I want you to be my high priestess. I want this. And she was going on and on and on. And I was just sort of sitting there like, <laughs> you know, like, I, I, at that point in my music, I was getting the, you know, the followers and things like that. And I didn't want to do that to Lady Silver. And uh, I just sort of sat there and I started eating my pizza, you know, while Luna was talking. And all of a sudden the table conversation got really, really quiet. Ooh. And I felt like I was being watched. So I sort of looked up straight ahead and Silver was straight ahead from me, you know. And she was just staring at me and she went, what about you? Ooh. I said, what about me? And she says, well, I've been listening to her. What about you? I said, well, yeah, I would love to come visit and possibly join and blah, blah, blah. Okay, here's the date. Here's the time. You, you, Boom, boom, boom. And Luna and I both hit the road to Pennsylvania wow. to go meet Silver Raven Wolf and the big family. And we ended up dedicating into the tradition. So that's when that went from solitary for me into a traditional lineage. And that happened in 1997, from 1987 to 1997. I've always had weird 10 year runs on things. So, but yes, now I'm third degree, uh, high priest, and I was a clan head for a while, but I raised all my covens and stuff like that, did what I was supposed to do. And, uh, you know, you have troubles with, you know, work weighing you down and stuff like that. So once they were raised up, I just sort of stood back for a little while, but I'm still within the clan and active and da da da. <laughs> I, that is so uh, just, fascinating to me and and amazing um because you know i am a huge fan of uh silver raven wolf i have several of her books and i use them for a lot of the podcast reference material mm -hmm. uh, and uh, i definitely uh, list on a must have books she has several on uh, the list for me so um, well her books wow. are for people to learn from without joining a tradition. And a lot of people, no, she doesn't share everything that's within our tradition within her books. I mean, no author ever does. I don't care how far up on the list you want to try to go, uh, whatever that is. Um, <laughs> but she, there's a lot of misconceptions about her. And I tell you what, she makes you work as one of her students uh since 1997 you will work you will do and you're not expected to do anything that nobody else had to do you know right. 
it's not one of those power hungry traditions that a lot of uh, solitary seem to think about, you know, mm -hmm. um, just because it may not be for you after you've been there. Well, bye. You don't have to start a ton of crap, you know, right. but there is that there's a lot of people who want to say a few choice words about silver, but they've never met or don't know her. And they probably haven't even read the book. <laughs> right. I think her books are great. So, uh, you know, I have only good things to say about them. Uh-huh. And she, she does, she writes her books like she's sitting there talking to you, which is why when I was green, you know, and solitary, I always liked reading them too. It, it took you to a different place. But once you join the, you know, and of course she gives you a list of stuff you may want to look into or read. Well, honey, <laughs> within the craft, you will look them up and you will read them. And we have what is called the three year, or I'm sorry, the three hour final exam before you get your third degree. And that's three hours and dog years, let me tell you. You, right? And I've had my students sometimes come into my house and take their test where I'll be around and, you know, one of the things I like to do is always set some of her books right there. Be like, no, you can't touch those. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have abusive practices or anything, but we like to have fun too. <laughs> yeah, I would be like, oh man, I just want to, can I look? One thing, I've got to look it up. It's so funny. Give me my phone is dinging left and right today, so you'll probably hear it. <laughs> and I apologize. <laughs> Start singing bells. <laughs> so, okay, so what what was it like for you going from um, a solitary practice into um, essentially a, a, a group or coven? Um, never mind the fact that it was under silver, like. Whoa. Um, scary. So what was it like? It was scary, you know, and there's a lot of people who say, have all these horror stories and stuff. I didn't feel that way at all. And that's not what a true hereditary craft is, not hereditary, but lineaged craft is. You know, they don't try to make you go through anything that they haven't had to go through themselves. You will learn uh, because with Black Forest, we, you know, we train in order to have, you know, each student reach their third degree. It is a clergy training program mm. to make you clergy. So it's not like you come in and stay a first. I just want to stay a first degree forever and a day. No. You know, oh. we're here to try to raise clergy and, you know, expand our, our lineage. And okay. so it's like, you know, you come in, you work hard, you learn, you're, you're, you're training to become clergy. So that's what Black Forest is all about. And it's something that I'm very proud of. It is the most well-developed training pro program I've ever been a part of. Now, mm -hmm. there's many different groups out there and stuff, but I'm biased. And uh, I just didn't expect it all to happen to me. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Bless you. Um, wow. Okay. So, 
so when you got in, essentially, it was learn, 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 and keep going and keep uh, working your way up in the um, the ranks, you sort of way. Have the time. If if you don't think that your life is in a state to where you can make time for this continuous study with Black Forest, uh, you probably should wait until you do have time because you don't want to start something because once you're gone, you can't come back. You know, that's how we are. You know, it's just like, we, and that's because of the experiences that we've all had. Mm, right. Uh, a lot of people come and try to raise hell within the group just because I guess they want to feel important. I don't know. Uh, that's, that's a mystery to be figured out. But, um, and there's been times when we're like, all right, all right, you can come back. Same thing happens again. They don't want <laughs> So we just stopped doing it, you know. And right. that have had to go that they'll break your heart. You know, as as third degree clergy, they will break your heart and you just have to be like, OK, you know, so you spend all this time and effort training and, you know, having your door open and your phone on every night and stuff like that. And uh, it, it, everybody likes to talk about the degrees like what good is a degree? What what? bull crap you know i don't need a cord it's not about the cord the cord marks you in the grand circle but it's all about what you're learning it's all about how you develop the degrees are changes in life they're not about a cord so if, if we and we can tell if you've been doing the work or if you haven't <laughs> you know, there's certain things to watch out for. So it's not about a cord. It's about if you're developing. So probably talking too much about all that. But you know. <laughs> well, no, I think it's fascinating. And I think it's good to know because I think um, especially, I think some people go and try to join a group or join a coven or, or a tradition and <clears throat> they don't understand what it is or what they're getting into or what they're signing up for. True. Uh, there's a lot of people who will try to start their own big grand coven and give elevations that they've never received themselves. And I, I'm not damning anybody. I just, I don't understand it because of what I've been through in my training. And mm -hmm. I see doing that and I'm like, what are you passing the beans? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what you've got that you can pass. So and they make it all this self-importance usually when, when they're doing that. And once again, I don't want to go there. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. No, I think it's good to know. And I think I, it, I think it helps people to know what kind of questions to ask when they are thinking about joining a group. You know, is it something that it's just going to be a group or is it something that, um, where they can learn and they can elevate and they can continue to grow and go further. And I think it just gives people an idea of what to kind of investigate and what kind of questions to ask. They want to, but it's best to always, you know, um, be respectful when yes. you 
that person's email address that you've been wanting to email and then finally decide to do it and start asking questions. We have frequently asked question sheets that will tell anybody anything they may need to know or what have you as a starter. Um, if you contact a member of a tradition or a group, first of all, do some research and make sure that that group is what they say they are. Because usually within any lineage tradition, I don't care who it is, there is a roster. There's a role place where you can check and be like, I, I yeah, totally, you know, innocent and respectful, just be like, I've been interested in the group and I have been talking to this person. Are they indeed, you know, this degree, that degree, her name's Lily Poppins, I don't know. So, you know, just <laughs> what have you. Always be respectful when you're doing that because if it is the real thing and you're rude or you're goofy or what's up and all that, it gets around, trust me. <laughs> Right. And while you may think you're being the most respectful person in the world, it comes across totally wrong. It, it, it's not good. So just always be respectful. I mean, you don't have to kiss ass or anything like that. Pardon my French. Um, but be respectful. You know, hi, my name is such and such. Give us an introductory email or letter or you know, phone call if that's the case, or even in person, just be like, I've been interested in this and wanted to know more about it. What can you tell me or what have you? And sincerely, Billy Ray Bob, you know, what have you? <laughs> but uh, that's the way to go about it. Don't, don't do internet talk. Just be like, yo, dude, what's up? I, I want to do this. I've gotten them. I delete them. You know? Yeah. There, there is a seniority in the craft and all you have to do is someone stop talking to your mother or your father. It's like, be respectful because we're taking our time to train you. Right. You know, don't forget that. And we want you to be intelligent. We want you to learn. We want you to be better witches than we are. So, you know, have respect. I, I love that because I feel like, especially um, the people that I feel like I reach the most, I think they have questions and they they want to learn. They want to know, you know, what to look for, what to know, how to approach um, if they are interested. So thank you for sharing all that because I, I think that's just such valuable information, especially somebody who's wanting to get started to be sure you do your research and double check, you know, the lineage and be respectful when you're uh, approaching somebody. And it's not that you're not being real or not being yourself, but you also have to think about the, if you're approaching, let's say a, a quote professional, witch, you have to be professional yourself and you have to think about how you're going to be perceived on the other end mm -hmm. by this person. And, and are they going to, uh, want to take their time, like you're saying, to interact with you. So thank you for sharing all of that. It's, it's very helpful and eye-opening. 
pretty much been talking about Black Forest Clan because that's how I was raised. That's what I'm proud of. And that's what I love more than anything. So, you know, every tradition may not be the same way. We may not teach the same way. Every instructor or every coven, of which there are hundreds in Black Forest, um, will not teach the same way either. But the material is the same. You know, we are an umbrella group, which means we don't hive, we multiply. Gotcha. You hear a lot about hiving. We multiply. We're all under the same uh, umbrella with silver. You know, she created us. She can destroy us too. <laughs> There's always that. <laughs> It's, it's not like you have to be afraid or walk on eggshells. That's not what I'm saying. It's pretty, right. that's not what I intended, but you know, you know. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's just a matter of if, if you want to be taken seriously, you have to present yourself in a certain uh, manner because, you know, these are uh, people who, who have done the work and have studied and have, um, you know, really put a lot of time and energy and effort into this. And, you know, if, if you're not serious, then, you know. There are a lot of people who have gone out there and called themselves Black Forest witches who have never had one day of training in Black Forest. And we're pretty much like, how dare you? Right, right. We have bled, we have sweated, we have, you know, we have gone through a lot of hard work to make ourselves better and to be worthy of calling ourselves a third degree witch or what have you, whichever rung you may be on. Right. Um, how dare you? Well, I think that's a great stance to take. And, um, you know, I, I think that probably happens everywhere. And, you know, to the people that do that, they're either um, extremely brave or extremely stupid because <laughs> you're you're asking for trouble. I mean, I, I can imagine trying to say you're something that you're not and not think there's going to be some kind of kickback on that, <laughs> especially in the magical world. Yes, that is something I will bring up again and stress that any I started to say religion, any tradition that is real has a place it came from and people who track the roles. And you can find out if any tradition you're thinking of stepping into is valid or not because there's a lot of fakers out there who want to hold some kind of power. You know, it's not about power. Right. Right. And that's uh, what I want to say to people. It's like, it's not about power. What, what are you, you know, want to make you better witches than we are. That's all. Right. And when I, I, you do get to do that when you get to give that student their third degree i've got chills it's just it's amazing it's amazing you have no idea and i'm almost getting teary-eyed here because just when it happened to me it was amazing you know just being like oh my god am i actually here 
you know. And Lady Silver, back, way back when I first joined, was the only clan head. And I remember what, I think it was 2005, she started making certain third degrees clan heads to train different groups in their area under them. And Step is just, you know, the person we go to if we need her. So yeah. primarily the clan heads were like, she's she's like you're going to be clan head over what what and i'm like no no i'm not ready she said i tell you when you're ready <laughs> you know so <laughs> i had to do it everybody was crying because uh, she's like you're not being kicked out you're just being made a clan head. <laughs> it, it was a funny time i remember it so much because you're just you're honored, but at the same time, you're like, you think I have that in me? And you know what? You do. You know, never, never. I've seen, I have seen people within my own group as well who have been so gentle natured and talked and would say every time they thought they may have stepped out of line or said something, they'd be like, I'm sorry. I'm like, screw that. You know, just no. And now today, they're their own third degree witches in their own right. And they talk. They command the quarters. They command, you know, it's amazing because that short voiced little timid creature that you first take on now has this boom. Yeah. That can control. It's amazing. I, I got chills again. So <laughs> it's awesome. It's Powerful. It's powerful, obviously. And and to to just have that realization of you helped them get there. Uh, it's it's like, yeah, all of a sudden this voice comes from where it never was before. And you're like, whoa. Whoa. I didn't do that. <laughs> you know, that came from that person and it came from the learning and it came from the development of right. what they go through and deal with in each degree. And degrees will make you strong because things happen to you to make sure you take care of stuff. You know, different degrees mean different issues that you know they're going through because they're doing the work and blah, blah, blah. Not always horrible. But it can be to that person, and then you sit back and you see what they can do to get out of it, mm. or you lift them up, right? Right. Mm. So, going back to your point of it, it's not about the power, it's not about power. I, it feels like what I'm getting, and my takeaway is it's about the knowledge and the personal power rather than power it's power of over yourself not over anybody else or over anything but you're going to get your hands dirty you can't say well i don't want to do magic because of this it may not be fair to the do your magic get your hands dirty you're going to get your hands dirty in black forest if that's what you want <laughs> I love that because I feel like there's so many people that will um, study and they'll read and they'll research and they think they have to have this, 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 and this, and they have to have this tool or they have to have this herb or they have to have all this stuff. And they, it's like, it's their excuse to not 
do the work or do the magic. You only need your hands and your brains to do magic. Right, right. Just and do it. You still have your brain. You know, it's, just, it's there you go. Uh, right. We have people who are uh, deaf, clinically deaf, who are just wonderful, who do their, you know. I mean, if if you can learn anything in your life as a deaf person, then you're going to be dedicated in the craft probably too, much stronger than somebody who wants to go dilly-dally all the time. Right. Because people with a handicap of, of some sort will try even harder to prove themselves. That's what I've learned. So there you go. <laughs> I think it's great. And I think it tells everybody that, if it's something that you've been debating, if it's something you've been questioning, um, and if hearing this has made you finally feel like you can reach out, do that research, and mm -hmm. put your foot in, that you're ready, um, yeah, do it. You may even be, you know, if you join a tradition and stuff like that, you'll be like, oh, I've seen that. I've seen that somewhere else before and I can't put my finger on it. But we'll we'll, we'll help you put your finger on it. <laughs> but uh, I'm not here to keep promoting Black Forest or to try to get people to join or anything. It just happens to be what I am and here we are talking. So... Well, I love the conversation, so I am all good with it. I, I think it's helpful, and I think the people that need to hear this will definitely hear it. Oh, well, you know, if you ever need me or anything or want to talk about it yourself, feel free to reach out to me, but, uh, you know, I'll never say, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, so because I could talk about this forever. Um, <laughs> at what point, I know you said that you had done the uh, main mainstream music and decided that it, it wasn't quite for you and that you wanted to start blending the craft with your music. Can you tell us more about that process? Do you want to share more? Sure, and I'll, I'll make it very non-babbling as much as possible um i did start out in the mainstream and it did, it's not that i felt like i wasn't ready for it or it wasn't for me it's i mean you've heard the horror stories right you know people who want you know movie stars or what have you it is the same in the the recording music business uh, the whole me too movement uh, i mentioned that um that can cause you to get into serious trouble with drinking to numb the pain, which I've done. And, um, well, I'm still drinking wine, but I'm not sitting here going glug, 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 like I used to. Um, but it's painful. Um, it's not easy. Uh, almost like the craft. If you're not ready for it, don't jump into it. <laughs> you know, um, I wasn't ready for how mean people could be. I was told at one point when I actually did scrape my way into a studio, not a studio, but an office visit with somebody, I actually walked in, they were listening to my first CD I had out. And I was trying to promote that and get into record 
industries and things like that. And they were listening to it. And it's like, and they heard me walk in the door and person, this is David and blah, blah, blah. Look up at me and said, you need to go eat a steak and come back. You're too damn skinny. I'm like, but you're sitting there and seem like you like my music. And he said, I said, go work out, do something, and then you can come back later. It, it's oh. painful. It's, yeah. it, and uh, that's where my song, King Bitch, that has made it really big here lately, um, came from. Um, because I did it for fun and an amusement type of song, but there is truth behind it because one of the people that I did sit in the office and talk to, and I was just like, well, this is what I would like to be able to do, and blah, 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 blah. And then they would swing around and try to put different words in my mouth or whatever. And I was like, no, what I said was this. And he said, well, aren't you a little bitch? And so my club atmosphere and my regular character came out and I said, no, I'm not a bitch. I'm king bitch. And I picked up my stuff off the desk and I walked out the door. And then it's like, damn, I shouldn't have done that. But, oh, well, don't be something you're not. You know, be yourself and work with it. And if nobody can work with you, then that's their loss. You know, now, no, it did not happen for me because I sort of got myself in trouble with the drinking and the, the hurt soul and the, you know, all that. Uh, but I have never stopped. I still put my stuff out there wherever I can fit it in. And uh, now I've learned to take my spirituality, which is the biggest part of my life, and make music out of that because those are real things to me as well, and I can sing about them. And it's, it's pretty good for me. <laughs> so where would you say a lot of the uh, inspiration and uh the like just all of it the writing and the music and the the um all of that you put into your music what's the the in, big main inspiration for you life life because with my craft uh, my spirituality it's a part of my everyday life mm -hmm. i mean even if i'm getting in the car i don't think about it but i'm going to Put a protection around myself, you know. Some days I may go around and touch each tire, you know, something. I don't know, especially if it's winter. <laughs> so it's just it. Magic and spirituality is so ingrained in my life that I have to say, no matter what I write about, is from life experience. You know, there's there's a line I have not used in any of my songs yet, but I have written. Every song is part of my diary each tear that falls starts a new book. So that's pretty much where it all comes from. You know, I was going to write my own book because I feel like I've been through a lot and it'll make people laugh and, or be like, oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, um, Been thinking about it and thinking about it, but I don't know because a lot of stuff's already in my music. So a lot of people don't know. They, they hear my voice and be like, oh my goodness, you're great, you're great. I create with the synthesizers, drum machines, my own little studio. I write the music and I record the backup vocals. I do it all. Oh, wow. 
I'm like a little prince. <laughs> and so a lot of people think I'm just karaokeing or something like that. And it's like, no, honey, I wrote all this. Every bit of it you hear, I wrote. So wow. yeah, I, I get testy sometimes because I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not an accurate description of me. If you say I sing, I'm just a singer, you know? So. No, that's, that's good to know. And, and, you know, you are putting, if you're, if you are putting, and you are putting all of that into what you are creating, then absolutely like make that be known. I mean, you're obviously very proud of that, which you should be. Uh -huh. um, I'm usually you know, music first and then I'll listen to it and I'll be like, what can that, what does that remind me of? You know, there's a spirit, there's a, there's a life growing. You know what I mean? It just, yeah. just like an embryo, that song is growing, you know? And uh, so, you know, oh, oh, and my allergies are killing me today. So I always bust out and do something acapella. So there you go. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You really do have a, a, an incredible voice. Thank um, you. you do. And, and it's, it's it's a very very wide range from what I've listened to, um, and it's, it's very powerful, very very powerful. Thank, thank you. I do love a good anthem. I love a good power ballad, or a, you know. So I don't I, always I try that. It comes out the way it comes out, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it you know, when you're listening to it, it's, it is strong and it is powerful. Um, and I love to know that you do put your all into it. And it's fascinating that when you listen to the music and you hear that come out and that strength and power within the song and in, in the, in the voice and what you're singing, it's interesting to know that you write the music first, because mm -hmm. it would sound like, you know, that, that you know the, when you listen to it it's like you would think that you would write the lines or have like those big moments it, in mind first it does happen that way sometimes but most of the time the way my talent seems to work itself out is i'll start packing around on the synthesizer they'll be like oh you know what would sound good with that right about here and then i'll be like do 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 yeah i'm just like oh and I'll grab my pen and start. Life will come through and just, that's wow. it. Wow. And to me, I feel like I'm making such a big deal of it, but everybody has their own insecurities. I don't care who you are. You could be anybody. You have insecurities within you. And um, there's times when I think, oh, well, what I'm doing is not that big of a deal or anything. And then you hear from your fans. I hate calling them fans because it's, yeah. I call them my Woodies because <laughs> David Wood Woodies. And then everybody starts laughing because I call them that. So, but, uh, but they're my Woodies and they, I've had so many stories where people say, I listened to this song of yours and it did this to me and it did. It's just, and I'm like, I'll get the chills because it's like, oh, I did do that. <laughs> wow. Thank you. You know, so 
I think any time that you are using your gift or your talent, um, and you're you are able to have some kind of an impact in the world, or or even on an individual, I think it's I think it's a pretty big deal. Um, especially well, you know, since so many people are so not able to do that. You're usually doing it just just to make yourself happy and do what you enjoy doing. But then when the people come and start telling you, you get a little bit more, okay, I guess I can do this. Let's go for one more, you know? Right. It's just, I'm so lucky and I'm so thankful to the Woodies and to everybody and to Friends TV for letting me be on. And just, you know, I wouldn't have won the 2023 award without the Woodies, you know, or the 2017 award, or the, I'm joking. (laughs) I just, when I won this year, I was just like, what? You know, and and just, wow. So, great intro, because I wanted to go there next. So, um, what was it like to win this year? Absolutely amazing, because you don't expect it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, that I was nominated, you know, and everything, and everybody's coming up being like, I voted for you, or I did this, or I did that. And you don't put much into that. It's just like, well, thank you. You know, thank you. you. You can't force people to do what they don't want to do, or whatever. You just mentioned, hey. And by George, I want it. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. So it's it's not, a, I think, first of all, pagan music does not have a specific sound. A lot of people still think it does, like folk music or what have you, or, you know, that's great. But there's a lot of us out there who do pop music, who do rap music, who do all kinds of different, things and it does nothing but to push pagan music further and for that i'll gladly take the award but i share it with all of us because we're all working hard yeah we all are and when i see this award it's not i'm thankful but it's not really about me about the movement of pagan music it really is because this didn't exist back in the 90s and i was said well okay if it doesn't exist why can't i do it so that's what this award means to me it represents so many different things and if i want to sit down and just look at it it's like damn you worked hard david so there you go even in the mid you know mainstream music you know you worked hard you gave it what you could. And instead of torturing yourself about it, just be glad. <laughs> that reminds me of a story is because my mother, I think I was a little boy. I can't remember, maybe 10, 10 or 11. And I said, mom, were you ever, you know, want to do something like maybe a dance thing or what have you or she says, well, I was nominated for Homecoming Queen one year when I was in high school. I went, oh, well, what happened? She told me, said they put her name on the list and she was going up there and she saw that, I guess, felt like 
she could have won it. And she says, but we didn't have a lot of money. And I didn't want to see my parents have to go in and afford to buy a new dress, so I dropped out. That upset me as a boy more than you will ever know. I laid in my bed some nights and cried about that. Yeah. She didn't know it. So I swore I was going to be big. I was going to make it. I was going to do something. And I was going to, I saw myself going to get a Grammy. And I said, if I could get a Grammy, I will put her in the best dress that money can buy. And she's going to go up there with me. Well, that didn't end up happening. And I beat myself horribly up over that. That was part of the alcohol and part of the, the blah, blah, blah. Because I felt like a failure. Oh. Even though I wasn't, I, you go there. People right. go there. And uh, I wish to goodness in 2017, I could have had her up on the stage and done it. But she couldn't make it. And she, I didn't, she couldn't make it this year because I never thought much about it. I just thought, well, I'm going to show up and just celebrate with everybody. And then I ended up winning and I'm like, okay. So, so we need well, to tell you Woody's to vote and nominate. Uh, next time you nominate it and vote again, then you have her there that time, next time. I, I will. I've shared the, uh, the interview with her because when I won in 2017, I told that story. Oh, okay. And I was ready to break down then, but I didn't. I stayed strong. Yeah. And it's like, I've got the, the King Bitch song and everything, and people joke about it. It's like, I'm not a mean person. I'm just strong. That's what the song's about, is being strong and taking matters into your hands when you need to, right. you know. So. so what was it like to win um, the first time in, in 2017? Oh, uh, same as it is now. You know, it's just like, what? You know, that did not expect it. You never do. And uh, I think I'm going to start living a little happier with these two little trophies. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. start start being like, you know, I did that. Who else has done such a thing? You know, it's not be, may not be a Grammy, but by George, it feels like one. <laughs> So there you go, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so when did you uh, first learn about um, the IPMA? Well, I started learning that there were pagan radio stations out there, like the Cauldron and like International Pagan Radio and things like that. So I started submitting my music to them. And I started talking to Melissa Anderson and she told me about IPMA and that there were awards and they help you do this and that and just many amazing things, which is a first for pagan music, which I think started developing pagan music higher than it was before. Pretty sure it did. And uh, I was like, my goodness, this is happening now that I've started doing this and everything, and it's a wonderful thing. Uh, International Pagan uh, Music Association 
it does it, it I like I said it's not about an award I mean it's great to let you know that you accomplished this or everything that you were working hard for but it's about the it's about the progression of pagan music no matter what the artist is or who the artist is you know that's what it's always been about I think because the spirituality is one of my biggest passions. If it weren't for my spirituality, spirituality, I wouldn't have won these. I wouldn't have been writing the kind of music or performing like I do without it because I was lost before I joined Black Forest Clan. So Black Forest Clan is my family. It's my, it's my heart. And those IPMA and everything else, I feel like pagan music is finally going where it should be. And I hope it continues to go higher. Yeah, I'm old. Somebody else is going to have to step in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think it's great, too, because I think, um, you know, I think witches and pagans, are looking for something different you know the the when you become spiritual and you start on a path it's like what you used to be able to listen to um, and tolerate at a vibrational level starts to shift and change and some of the stuff you just can't can't do it anymore and so you're looking for something else something new um, that that feels good um, did you have an experience like that? Oh, I'm having an experience now because I'm starting to get tired. <laughs> I'm up there a little bit in my years. I mean, I don't want to sit here and be in a rocking chair or anything, which I am. I have one in front of the TV and I do have new music. You know, I've been putting on hold. I need to get to it uh, while I am still young. But I'm old. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sense of it myself. Uh, I've done a lot. I have done a lot of things. I've been in many different situations, spiritually, um, teaching, um, the music, which I couldn't, I ate, drank, and breathed the music. And after a while, and I never thought it would happen, you start getting tired. You know, you get tired of traveling, you get tired of, sometimes you just want to sing in the studio or what have you. But when, it's like when I went to the IPMAs again, they asked me to do one song, which I didn't, I didn't want to cart equipment around and stuff like that. So I just belted out an acapella like I did on your show here. Oh, wow. Everybody was standing there with their mouth open. And I went. I thought I had done the wrong thing, but then everybody started clapping and just chills again. And it's just like, I didn't think I could do that just without spitting this out with allergies and all that, you know, <laughs> and right, right. loved it. And then I won and I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and goddess. <laughs> so, Again, if you hear the, the snorting and snoring, that's my dog. He's a Boston Terrier, and he's laying here just letting it rip. <laughs> <laughs> so, <He's getting> <laughs> so you had mentioned a little bit that 
that magic still plays a big part of your everyday life. Um, can you share a little bit more about that? Well, I mean, you have so much training that you've been through. Um, you get up, you do your morning devotions of the, the sun coming up in your window. You do it before you go to bed. Um, there's just things that you have become so involved in that it's it's not possible to go through your life without doing them. It's just an automatic. That That's what I mean. And I've never really sat and thought about it before, but it really is a beautiful thing, you know, and, mm. you know, witches, I don't care what degree you are or whatever, you still go through anxiety, you still go through depression and things like that. It's the spirituality that keeps you balanced. That's what it's for. So I've had somebody tell me, it's like, well, you're not acting very spiritual and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, did you just say that to me? I'm human, <laughs> you know, and if what I happens? feel like I've done something wrong, I will apologize. But I think guilt is a useless emotion. That's me. Nobody taught me that. Nobody told me that, but I came across this on my own. It's a useless emotion because somebody wants to hold power over you. Now, if you truly did something wrong and you take about three days to reflect on that, you know, don't try to respond immediately or what have you, just say, I'll think about that or what have you. And you feel like you've truly done something wrong, then you apologize and try to make a difference. Don't just blow it off or what have you. Actually try that difference. But if you haven't, and that person is just needing validation for some psychic vampire purpose, which is the only thing I can think of, then, then I want to say F that. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, you do grow into your own knowledge and you know thyself. You do do that. And don't try to apologize for something you don't think that may be wrong. You know, that can get some people in some trouble because they actually did do something wrong and just don't want to admit to it. However, I feel like I've seasoned myself enough to sit there and say, okay, give me a few days and let me think on this, okay? And I'll get to you and, you know, I'm sorry you're offended by what have you or whatever, but I'm not around with this guilt right here like a cake it's not gonna happen yeah it's not gonna happen I've got my life to live you've got your life to live I so love that you said that because um, I, I actually have said that exact phrase that you said I have said that for a few years now um, because it's so true it is so so true uh, so thank you uh, for saying that because it so well, resonates. You know, it's a, I used to teach my student that all the time. They'd be like, I feel so bad because I didn't do this or do that. I'm like, guilty, useless emotion. Is somebody making you feel guilty over that? Well, no, it's something I'm thinking about myself. Stop that shit. 
Exactly. Stop it. Man, I, I don't. Love it. And I know, I and know yourself. That's another one. That's a always. That's one of the main principles. Know thyself. Heal thyself. I, you know, everything's not white light. And oh, I'm gonna send you good love and love and light and love and light. I hate that. The world is not love and light. You have to fight sometimes. The neighbor down the street may be running a drug den and getting your children involved. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You Handle know what business. I'm Are you going to sit there and say, oh, whatever happens, happens. It's everybody's each and own karma and blah, blah. I get hatefully mad at that. I'm like, no, that's turning... That's just turning away from the problem. Fix the problem. Right. Right. And it's funny because I am love and light, but I also will handle business if I need to. And I think that's what people need to understand. Spirituality doesn't mean that you're perfect. It doesn't mean that you go around trying to be perfect. It just means you admit when you're wrong, but, you know, you don't take any shit either. No, you don't. None <laughs> at all. And I tell you what, you come messing at my front door. <laughs> I hope you're Christian and your God helps you, which I sort of kind of doubt. But you mess with the wrong witch. <laughs> exactly. Know? Exactly. I, I walk it. Curse this, curse that, curse that, curse this. You hurt my family. You do something you know is willfully wrong. You're going to get fixed. Yep. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Sorry, not sorry. I totally agree with you. Um, okay. Two questions I think I have left. Uh, maybe three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how has um, magic changed your life? Oh, well, I think that's been told throughout the story. You know, it's, it shakes. You know, when you um, have a, jar of water from the sea and you shake it a little bit and that sand goes everywhere and clouds it up and then it settles mm -hmm. that's what it does that's what true self experience and magic will do it'll shake things up you'll be like whoa 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 what's going on here but hopefully you're learning from that because that dust will settle and then you can see clearly and be like Oh, you know, don't use, I, I, one of my things to tell people, don't use magic as a band-aid, mm. as a quick fix. If you're practicing your spirituality daily and doing, quote, the work, you won't need a band-aid. Yes, yes. Or as I'll go with it. <laughs> I think that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. um, okay. It, um, is there, if you can, and if you want to, and if not, I understand, um, but is there one moment that you can share where you were like, wow, magic exists, magic works without a doubt, no question in your mind shooken to your core 
magic is legit? It was when I first started studying. I know this right off the bat, too, because I can feel it now. I'm getting, you know, here we go again. I was still in my hometown before I started, still dreaming, still doing all these things and worked a job right out of high school and stuff. And I started studying more and more about witchcraft. And one day I had, I think it was a rose. I'm not sure what it was. Maybe it was from my first partner or whatever. Out of the blue, I turned and looked at that rose and it wasn't the symbology of it. It wasn't anything. I felt like I exchanged life force with that. I felt that rose's life force and it related to my spirituality, not love or not, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I turned around and there was, there's a huge mountain outside my door in Kentucky when I was there. Mm. And I saw that and I was just like, what is happening to me? Am I having low blood sugar? What is going on? And I took that rose, not in a vase. I took it right out of a, and I looked at that mountain and all of a sudden this breeze started blowing right through me, right through my hair. Not a physical breeze, a, a indescribable breeze. It was life. And based on what I had started studying and witchcraft and stuff like that, I had my moment where I just had tears running down my face. And I knew this is it. This is real. Didn't know what to call it. Didn't know what to use it for, but it was a wake up. It was a, this is it. You know, it is real. Beautiful. Thank you so much for, for <laughs> sharing that. Um, I think those moments are so powerful and I think they help other people to understand that the experiences they have are real too. Yes. No, it was totally real. There was no doubting it whatsoever. Yeah. It's amazing. I gosh, sometimes I think back to those earlier, younger days when it was all so exciting and so, oh, I like this and I like that and I want to learn more about this. And sometimes you get, when you grow up, not that I'm beyond learning, I'm learning every day something new. But I guess when you get a little seasoned in your craft or what have you, it becomes just the way it is, you know, and you miss those times, like the story I just told you. When I told you that, it was just like, oh, I forgot about that. That is so wonderful, you know, or when you find your first pentacle necklace or when you find, you know, what have you, it means so much to you. Don't let nobody tell you that that's silly. Right. That means something to you and you don't even have to share it with anybody, but you get excited. And so you sort of want to like, oh, you won't believe blah, blah, blah. And they'll be like, 
Oh, that's why there are the laws of magic. To know, to dare, to will, and to keep silent for crying out loud. Do not share your music, e er, your magic, even with other witches. Because they're going to put a doubt in your heart. May not mean to, right. but you never know else's reaction is going to make you feel, you know, I mean, you could have conversations and be like, oh, yeah, me too, or what have you. Don't right. tell them the that you, you're in love with and, you know, sort of like, you know, I, I'm a gay man and going out to the bars and stuff and blah, blah, blah. And you've got this wonderful partner who you wouldn't trade for the world, but you're going and telling all your business and somebody else is going to sit there and be like, hmm, I think I may want to try that too. You know, right. be, yeah. no, don't dare and keep silent. They're out there for a reason. You know, you may just read through it and be like, oh, okay, I saw that here. Okay, okay, okay. Well, you're seeing it again as a reminder. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I totally agree with you. It's, and it's like it, it's so that people don't steal your magic, so that they don't bring you down or, uh, you know, poo-poo on it, like, oh, it's not a big deal. It is. Now, I'm going to sound like I'm going to contradict myself here because it's not all about power. It's not about this, power over, power over. But I will tell you that knowledge shared is power lost. There's stuff you want to keep to the heart. Keep in, keep in your own home. Right. Because if yeah. you go, oh, this worked well for me. Or, girl, he giving me the best stuff, you know. Right, <laughs> right. Thing. So, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay, two more questions. Um, but that last okay. one was my favorite. And you had so many wonderful things to say because not only are those experiences so sacred, um, and it's a reminder that what we keep secret, we keep sacred. Um, and, 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 you know, you may talk about this sacred thing that experienced that you had this wonderful experience and you talk to me possibly as a teacher. Now I may not share your feeling, but I'm not going to take it from you either. That's yours. It happened to you, not me. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. I think you learn who it's safe to share with and, and who not. Um, over time. And some things you just don't. You just don't. <laughs> exactly. So the best thing to just keep those little things to yourself and just take part of whatever conversation they're having. And you know what? You're a great interviewer, if I may say so. Oh, well, thank you. If you don't want to answer the question, usually you can turn it around as you're talking to where, and then they forget all about it. I didn't say that on air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's, I, I, I really love a, so much of what you have said and shared. Um, so two last questions. Okay. If there were three people that you would think, who would they be? My mother. Um, Lady Silver Raven Wolf. My partner. 
Wonderful. Beautiful. And my kitty cats and doggies. <laughs> From letting me love them so much. <laughs> I've had some very special ones of those myself. You're right. Um, okay. And final question. Okay. If, if you, okay. What are your like top three books? If somebody was like, what are the three that are I should go to and look at as like the go-tos? You could only pick three. What would they be? The thing is how today is an anniversary of Margot Adler's passing. Drawing Down the Moon. Um, Michael Lloyd's uh, Bull of Heaven. Now, that is, to me, part two of Drawing Down the Moon. Okay. To me. I, I always refer it to everybody. I, I, it's just absolutely biased for me to say anything by silver, so I want to put that in there. Just anything by silver if you're just starting out. However... Third one is The Big Blue Book, uh, The Ultimate Guide to Witchcraft by Raymond Buckland. I think I may have messed up the title, but it's The Big Blue Book. You can't miss it. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Uh, and, and The Farers, um, The Witch's Bible Complete. Okay. Because I can't pick just so many. I, there are so many good ones that I will make. <laughs> you read <laughs> well i mean you can share as many as you want because they can be more than three i will take it but yes anything by silver because if you ever join black forest that you're gonna have to read them anyways <laughs> not everything's in not everything's in there but uh you're eventually gonna have to read all the books i mentioned anyways <laughs> Awesome. Well, David, thank you so much for joining me and being here with me. Um, tell, tell people where they can find you. Definitely will. Where can that they learn is, more? Oh, well, my Facebook page is, is fun, and I'm always sharing funny things and everything. I try to stay out of the dark, depressing, morbid stuff, uh, but it doesn't always work. <laughs> but um, Go to my website. You can look at music videos that I've done. Um, and you can download music. You can do anything you want or learn about me. And it's davidwoodmusic.com. Now, don't think it's woods like more than one. It's one, David Wood. That's why I call my fans wood, woodies. <laughs> So don't think I'm being nasty, even though I always do a double entendre in some way. <laughs> but thank you for having me on to your show. I appreciate it so much, and I've had a blast. Well, thank you. Thank you. And um, I hope I get to have you back at some point. That would be great. You too. Just let me know. I'm a bit set right here. <laughs> great. And thank you all. Um, don't forget, you can find more at thewitchsource.com. Uh, you can find us 
From there, you can find us on all the social media platforms and learn more about where you can listen to the podcast. And you can also uh, find this interview and others on Fringe TV. So check that out, fringetv.online. Uh, and that's it for us. Until next time, you guys, stay magical. Bye.